This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Welcome to Sunday afternoon, and this is Stephen Manuel and Mark Parrott. We're recording for Abraham's Wallet today. He's right. That's exactly what it is. I'd like to start by um, by shutting my window so you can't hear the blues in here. But uh, before I do that, <clears throat> we've had a lot of conversations with guys about what quarantine leadership looks like, and. This is, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, the 22nd of March, and I believe as we speak, the uh, governor of Ohio is declaring that we're on lockdown. I, I think that's what he's about to say. We'll see. But um, I, I was with a friend this morning while we were uh, running out in the free open air. I don't know how long that's going to happen. But we were talking about what quarantine leadership looks like for us. Um, and I've had a lot of conversations with guys about what does leadership look like when um, there's no programs to back you up, when the whole the schedule of the day is yours, when the family is sort of looking to you, the wife's looking to you going, what's the, what's the uh, school schedule here? Um, are you going to help with meals, et cetera, et cetera? And I just wanted to throw out a couple of verses to sort of frame this up, um, quarantine leadership. Okay, the first thing is Ephesians 5.16. Ephesians 5.16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, there's no doubt that quarantine life because of the coronavirus is putting the squeeze on us in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk about some of those ways. But I also don't want us to miss that there are very unique opportunities that are being given to us by God in these days. So this says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So I, I, one of the things I want to do today is underline the opportunities that are being presented to us as, as men, as family leaders, as husbands and fathers. Matthew 16 came to mind also, <clears throat> where Jesus says, you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you guys, he's talking to Pharisees, you guys can't discern the, the signs of the times. You, you're good at predicting the weather patterns, but you can't see culturally what's happening around you. And he indicted them for this. And I want us to be uh, more discerning than that, more clued in to the Holy Spirit and realize, well, there are things happening right now in our culture that have never happened since World War II. Some of them have never happened ever in the history of the United States. And there are some signs of the times available to us that I want us to, to take advantage of again. I'll also just throw this in. Um, for framing up. I don't know how anybody's feeling about this. I'm, not, I'm sure that everybody's listening to different, different sources than I am, but I'm listening to a lot of um, 
prophetic voices in Bible teaching right now that clue me into this reality. In Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about end times. He's walking around Jerusalem with his disciples, and he's telling them what the end times will look like. And he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now, he doesn't just mean, if he just meant nations, he would have left it at nation. But he says kingdom against kingdom. So that means that, like, for instance, uh, I believe that our medical system is a kingdom to itself, that our performance mindset in the United States is a kingdom to itself. So when I hear the scripture talking about kingdoms, we know that there's a kingdom of darkness and it's based on vain philosophies that will crumble. So when we hear kingdom against kingdom, I hear thought structures clashing into one another. Jesus says in the end times, there will be nations that rise against nations. There will also be kingdom that rises against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Now, um, there are famines in the world right now. We are in the middle of a pestilence in the United States. So that's a disease that runs amok. And that's what's happening for us. There's a pestilence. And there are earthquakes in various places. I'll see if Mark wants to talk about earthquakes in various places. But he says, these are all the beginning of sorrows. Um, another translation says, these are the beginning of birth pains. So I'll be honest with you guys. It might, you might think I'm a little kooky on this, but it really excites me. The fact that we're coming into days where it feels like God is turning the vice on his people and on culture and it excites me. I mean, I know it's horrible in a way, <clears throat> this sort of pain that people are going through, but I, want, I don't know about you. I want the kingdom, and I, and I want it at any cost. I want it at any cost to me or to anybody else. So um, that's what I think is going on, and I want us to understand that in, in our homes. That's important for us to understand that so that we can have God's heart and get excited about it. Um, for instance, I don't know if I was going to say this later, but, oh yeah, I do. I have a note that I was going to mention this later, but Psalm 91 was sort of our Shabbat passage this, this um, a couple days ago when we did Shabbat. And Psalm 91 says, you are not to fear, and it specifically calls out, you are not to be fearful of the deadly pestilence. So what's happening in the United States, again, qualifies as pestilence, and we're commanded not to fear pestilence. So if I didn't understand this sort of framework for what's happening big picture, um, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't react biblically to it, because I might think, oh, God just wants us to make it through. Let's just hold our breaths, guys, and hold each other tight, and we'll make it through. But that's not my that's not my framework. My framework is we're coming into end times. We love God's judgments. We must not be afraid. So that's what I'm training my kids toward. So I'll get, I'll get to more of this stuff in a second, but um, that's sort of my framework for where we are right now. And how do we do, how do we do quarantine leadership? That's, that's my setup. You want to react to that, Mark? So I'll just throw in what I've been sort of stewing in since all this started, because I think it's in the same vein, and then we'll dive into what 
how we want to talk about what leading through it looks like. To me, just to kind of reinforce the things you said that I've been noticing, fear and anxiety right now are running wild in the culture, most likely because they were running wild in my home. uh, And we'll talk about that a little bit, but I am not an anxious person. And I've got some stories in the past couple of weeks of anxiety, just gripping me. And then that trickles down into my kids, my wife, the people I interact with. And so I think that's a big deal. I think it's far more dangerous to most of us than coronavirus is right now. Yes. Um, so that's one. And it's interesting to hear that we're actually commanded not to fear when this stuff starts popping off. Um, Romans yeah, 13. Go ahead. Let, let me just say before you get to Romans 13, it's so important. I, I don't want, I don't want guys to think that it's arbitrary. Um, like, if you cower just a little bit, it's fine. And if you kind of, oh, I'll be tough and spiritual, then that's fine too. Here's the thing. What the enemy always wants to do is he wants to set a precedent in your life so that um, there is a frame of reference for the next time something happens. What will we do the next time something happens? And if you set a precedent that, oh, we got to protect ourselves and we fill up the basement with dry goods and then we lock the doors and wear masks all the time. If that's what you do now and you set your family up on that trajectory, then when the next thing happens, that's where you'll go. That's why, for instance, it's important if somebody's in a car crash that you actually pray through trauma, that 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 spirit of fear and trauma around, say, driving a car would be dealt with so that you don't carry that around going forward. And so what's happening right now in your home really matters. It really matters that you, that you go out of your way to squelch fear and anxiety and torment and all that stuff. All right. Yeah. And I've been amazed at how my kids respond. Like, I really don't think they're afraid when we lead into sort of the, the rest that comes in Psalm 91, like you were talking about, of just repeating that over our home. I don't think it's like little scared kids going, uh, uh, well, the Lord's with us. So we're not afraid. My no. kids have been awesome. And just watching them go like, we're not afraid. Like we know that, that the Lord is in control of this stuff. So that's been cool. Um, Romans 13 is on my mind a lot as I think we have, we are in such a culture that hasn't ever had to give up any control or face anything that we can't plan through. I've gotten a ton of mileage out of the C.S. Lewis quote that you shared about how to respond in the nuclear age with people were asking him about the threat of being annihilated by a bomb. And he said, just really well, um, basically, we'll chalk that up to one more thing that can end your life in an unpleasant and sudden fashion. But if we had lived a hundred years ago, the plague visited London every summer. And if we had lived a thousand years ago, we'd be worried about Vikings cutting our throats and stealing our women. And you know what? We don't let this stuff stop us in our tracks. I don't, I think it's important to say that through all of this podcast, we're not advocating that people ignore the, 
the good recommendations or the bad recommendations that are being provided and issued by government. So no, we're that's gonna why it's a government period. To me, Romans 13 has been kind of a, an important verse too, because a lot of people want to blame Donald Trump or they want to blame whoever they hate in government. Right. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, you heap judgment on yourself when you do that. So I think it's totally fine to go out and passionately advocate for the changes that you want to see. If you want to go campaign for somebody or whatever, and that's the best use of your time, do it. But what's not okay is to sit and judge the authorities because you're judging the Lord when you do that. And it's a time when I just hear, half the time I get together with believers right now or talk to folks, they're like, can you believe this jack wagon that's in charge? And of course he's making mistakes and probably all the people that work for him are making mistakes, but it almost doesn't matter in terms of how we speak. (laughs) So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Yes, that's really good. I'll also just say my last setup before we get into details is that the reason I'm talking to men about quarantine leadership instead of women is because 1 Corinthians 11.3. You can find find stuff elsewhere on our little uh, website about leadership, but I'll just remind you that the scripture says that um, a man is over a woman in the home. It doesn't mean that he pushes her around, doesn't mean that he dominates her, he doesn't pull it around by the nose, but that leadership falls to a man. It's a man's responsibility and it's his authority. That's why we're talking to you guys about quarantine leadership. So my overview of what we're about to do is that we're just going to walk through five capitals and go, how do we do uh, quarantine leadership uh, in five capitals? So number one, spiritually. Um, I think, I think the heading of initiate rhythms in your home is pretty good because we are, we're not able to suckle on the institutional teat that, hey, you guys can make services happen for me. You can spiritually ed- educate my kids. If my wife wants a little something extra during the week, she can go find you on her own time. So you now the spiritual formation of your family falls squarely on your shoulders where I would say it belongs. And so if you want to initiate spiritual rhythms in your house, the first thing you should start with is daily Bible reading and prayer for yourself. And so I would say it's time to get serious about that and make that happen. Uh, It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. You should just get into the Bible for yourself every day. You could start at Genesis 1, Psalms 1, and Matthew 1. And just start reading. Note where you stop every day and pray to God about the things that are on your heart, the things that are in your family, and the things that you see in Scripture. Peace cake. Number two, walk your kids through how to think about what's going on. This is just like sex ed with your kids. If you leave it up to what they can uh, pick up from the culture around them or from their friends, they're going to come up with a godless worldview about 
the virus and the quarantine and the whole deal. So you need to walk them through what they should think and how they can feel about what's going on. This must be Bible-based or it's crap. It's your opinion versus somebody else's opinion. Don't do that to your kids. Ground your opinions and your attitudes in the word of God. So talk through Psalm 91. That'd be a great place to start. Just read it as a family and react to it as a family. So I'll speak for myself and say, once we started being bound to our homes, I just said, we're going to start reading scripture of some kind every day. That's not something that we do every single day. We pray together every day. We don't read scripture. Well, we, we do most nights at dinner. But I just said, this is going to be our rhythm. We're going to read scripture every day. And we're going to pray together about that scripture every day. And so um, that's what we do as a family. So I would say um, pray and read scripture as a family. Um, you, did, you said something earlier about um, how your kids have responded as you have led them into how to feel and think, right? Yeah, it's just refreshing to know, for my kids at least, age 10 and under, they don't respond like you and I would be tempted to, uh, like seasoned. We've heard a lot of sermons. They're like, oh, well, it seems like, it seemed like the, the move was to be afraid, but I guess we're not afraid, so we're not afraid. Yeah. But, and there's right. just a, a total reception of the word. That's great. I would say under this same <clears throat> heading, patiently and confidently refute hysteria in your home. Just every time you see it, stop it and start with your own heart. Start with what you see in your own heart. Arrest those thoughts. Bring them underneath the lordship of Jesus, which you're commanded to do. Start with yourself. Extend that to the wife. And that's not telling her she's wrong to be worried. But when she expresses concern or something, you could just tell her, I'm just confident the Lord will provide for us. I just know that he knows what's going on. And you could, you could offer to pray for her if that would be accepted. You can just put your hand on her shoulder, say, I understand, whatever. But we want to find the fear and hysteria and we want to refute it in our homes. That's part of leadership. Again, I'll say, start with your heart, extend to the wife, and then go to the kids. And, um, uh, Mark, as a wife who's going into uh, hospital world every day, what's that like for you? Yeah, I think I've talked to a lot of people about it. It's naturally we are a little bit wondering what's coming. And even as my wife's talked about what the, the tome at the hospital is like, it's kind of like there's nothing happening here right now. But everybody's sitting there. Everybody's canceled all their optional stuff for the week. And they're kind of like, what's about to hit us? Because the stories being told, I'm sure everybody's heard, are like, it's just blood on the streets and working for 48 hours at a time. And, and so there was all sorts of things going through my brain. One was like, do I just tell her we're not doing that and you're going to stay home and we're going to... And I've talked to some folks that really encouraged me that said, no, no, this is like part of, 
part of what we do fearlessly is go forward and use our gifts to help the people around us. And I think her gift is going to be really useful right now. Um, but I, I, I was, you know, I told you about it quite a, a lot and I think we could do a whole episode on fear and anxiety. In my sense as somebody who's never in my life struggled with anxiety and fear, Mm -hmm. Um, that's just never been my thing is I've noticed that it like really got its talons in me and it came from that from wondering about what it's going to be like with my wife I I remember saying like man if we were just a normal family I can work from home and we could just shut the doors and who cares what goes on we'll be fine and that all came from me thinking I have control over what's happening um right And so the repentance wasn't just, oh, I'm sorry for being afraid, God. It was much more like, God, thank you for showing me that I think I'm in control of everything all the time. And Mm. historically, I've been quite good at planning my way through bumpy moments. And and you can't do that right now, obviously. Nobody's going to plan their way through what happens in the next two months. Yeah. And so that I'm just thankful it's changed me in the last two weeks. My life has changed a lot because of realizing that I was never even aware of the degree to which I was being anxious and fearful because I was just responding to it instead of with repentance, with turning up the the planning and I'll I'll just navigate this on my own. So that's been good. So you, again, the principle is that you've got to be clean before you can lead your family into that place. And so you are dealing with what's in you and then you're like, it's good here. Let's, let's, let's live here. Um, We have to, um, more on spiritual, we have to protect the Sabbath and then rest in it. That's the command. So we have to protect the Sabbath in our home. It's not a day like any other day. I don't care whether all of your days start to feel the same. You should make the Sabbath special and set it aside. And then when it comes up, rest in it. So do whatever you got to do to figure out a way to rest and enjoy that Sabbath. That, that must be very high on your priority list when it comes to spiritual leading, leading your home in quarantine times. You had said something, Mark, about more worship than ever. You want to touch on that? Well, yeah, I just think that's another weapon in the tool belt. When it, when we look around and say something's coming on against our city, um, my responses are, well, can we repent? Can we, and then, you know, worship feels offensive in this time. And so yeah. I'm we've been just piping it through the the halls in the house and it's something that i i miss not worshiping in a big group of people right now for sure but it's kind of cool that we can still get after it as a little family and i feel like stuff i mean you guys have done i think you've done podcasts here i know i've heard you teach on some of the ways that you've pushed into worship and seen stuff actually break for the for the kingdom Yes, for sure. Like people coming back from the dead. Um, yeah. And then I, I would also just say fasting should be a part of your mix during this time. 
I'll just throw that out. I don't know if everybody wants to go down that road, but I, I want, I don't want to just survive this time. I want all of the Lord during this time. I actually want more of him. I want to come out of the dark when the lights come back on going, we've seen him and, and he, he's better than we thought he was. And we know more of him than we did before. So I'm using this as a time to press in. So fasting is definitely part of my scene. So that's it for what I've got for spiritually. Secondly, this go, let's go into relationally. How do you lead relationally? Well, I think the fam your family dynamics have got to be tuned up during this time because you're being smashed face to face with all of your family, family members and the, the bugs in the system are, are going to come to the fore and you need to deal with them and you have the time to deal with them. You might get sick of each other, but it's time to deal with them. So whether that is um, getting kids redisciplined, um, great. If that is you and the wife working out sex problems, great, do that. If it's talking through issues uh, between siblings, take the time to do that. Just work on family dynamics and I love the fact that families are being squeezed together in this and we're having to deal with it. Secondly, serving your neighbors. Um, uh, a recent article that I wrote about um, what your community is and how to give to them is apropos simply for identifying who your community is. It could be your network, it could be your neighbors, but giving, giving service to them, meaning like, how can I help you? Can I bring you food? Um, is, can I do a, a task around your house? Whatever, figuring out how to serve people. I, I know that loneliness and isolation are such a, a deal right now that simply contacting people and trying to do a 15 minute FaceTime actually serves people. We, we did a little surprise drop in FaceTime um, the other day, me and my girls, and you know the comment we got was, well, this has just completely made my day. I didn't expect to hear from you all. And, and that's a way to love and serve people is just give them give some, some, some relationship. Um, and lastly, this is sort of connected to that in relationships, stay connected, um, gather in small groups if you can to pray or just, just reaching out to do, to do video. I met with my team a couple of days ago and there we were on the little zoom box, six or seven of us. And, um, it was a great time just to be with one another. So I, I would say, don't let your small groups, um, fall down. Don't let your friendships fall down. Um, don't say I'll see you in a month. Um, stay connected with people. And that's a way to keep those relational cap capitals tip top. Uh, anything to add to that? Yeah. The, the one thing I've thought a lot about when it comes to like neighbors and connection is there, we talk a lot about money at Abraham's wallet and some of you have money because of times like this. And so I think this is in the article that you referenced that everybody should definitely go check out on the blog. But I really feel like there's people around us that are going, well, I've lost my income. You know, businesses are closing left and right and laying off everybody who they can just to try to survive. And 
this is a weird moment for us in the United States, at least, because we've told everyone that the government's going to just take care of you. And I would love it if we came out of this going, well, the government sucks at taking care of you, but there's strong, well-ordered, financially stable households full of people who are willing to go find the folks that they feel like they're supposed to be taking care of right now. So we're looking in our direct community here for people who are impacted. And I'm like, not necessarily going to replace all their income, but I think we're going to make sure that some of these people are taken care of through this time financially. And part of that's just because we've got jobs that can be done remotely and actually get more secure the worse things get. Um, but I, I really would love to hear stories of, of people kind of taking that mantle and providing financially for folks right now, because I just think it's a much better model than hoping that the Republicans and Democrats agree on sending, you know, checks to everybody right now. Yeah. Um, I just read today, my friend, um, Brad, thought that the Lord was telling him to give away Kroger gift cards. And so Kroger, Cincinnati company, of course, um, went and bought a bunch of gift cards. Um, he knew of someone who had, who they were, I think was an hourly worker who had been laid off because of the virus, gave this person a significant gift card and then said, I want you to give I just handed them like four more gift cards and said, I want you to give these gift cards to people in need and thinking this person will be in touch with people that I'm not. And he said, we already heard back from the people that uh, this lady gave these cards to. And these were people in dire need um, that and were, this one lady was praying to God, please meet my needs. And this, you know, grocery gift card came in to her and she was like, it, it, it was 100% God taking care of me. Um, anyways, yeah, if you want to be creative and meet people's needs, there, there will be plenty of needs to be met during this time. We talk about it every year at LodoFab, but this is actually delightful. And it's one of the main reasons why we have money is to take care of bigger and bigger circles. Yes. Um, so I think that's a really encouraging story about Brad and I want, I want some of that. Yes. Um, okay. This to me, this is a, this is a kind of an untapped one. I think it's big for us. Uh, I was talking uh, about it this morning with my friend is the intellectual, um, the intellectual capital. The, I think the first thing that I would say is, um, I don't care what your employer is expecting out of you. I don't care what, whether you think you have the mind space or you're fretting or whatever. Men, don't stop working. So you should have a schedule, best you can, that you follow. Now that schedule is going to include taking care of kids and helping your wife maybe with meal prep or I don't know what all. But part of that schedule is going to be work. You need to work. You, there are new problems that need to be solved. 
Um, you have time to clean off your desk and clean out your inbox and clean out, make your desktop on your computer clean and deal with all those little bits and bats. You should be spending time working. So I want to encourage guys, just because the boss isn't over your shoulder, don't stop working. And um, gosh, I heard this awful stat today about in the last week, the incredible spike of people going to pornography. And I'm not surprised, but I would tell any of our dudes, please put a guard on your heart and your mind and your computer. And I'm, I'm just begging you as brothers, let's not go down that sickening hole um, during this time. Um, I, I would encourage you to read, to get input. Um, Mark had a great recommendation last week, which was um, to get to a lot, the amount of time that you spend, you know, checking into where's the virus right now? How many people are dying in Italy? And just, just go, okay, I'm going to give that 20 minutes a day. And then I'm not going to look into that anymore. I'm, I'm, it's like, it's like live Twitter for life, like refresh, refresh, refresh. What are they saying now? Don't do that all day. Get, get some input into your world, some good healthy input. Read, read to your kids. Get, get time to think. Um, take a walk. Sit in quiet and look out the window. Take time to think. Take time to read. Get input and work. I really think our intellectual space matters right now and you have to protect it that's again quarantine leadership you do this make this happen steven yes give me give me one or two books that if somebody is sitting there going i i'm willing to do it but i don't have any ideas that you've enjoyed in the last few months well i must confess that i'm into revival right now that's my that is my hobby. That's my interest. That's what I'm praying for. Um, so all I care about are um, old, <laughs> old books about what God has done in the past. So there's a great there's a great series of books called God's Generals, and you can read profiles of these incredible men who have led revivals throughout history and who God has used. Men like Charles Finney and George Whitfield and John Wesley. Um, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth will be profiled in God's Generals. Um, I'm also reading a book right now, um, which is fascinating. It's just called Azusa Street, just by Frank Bartleman. And it's what happened at the Azusa Street Revival in 1904 in Los Angeles. And that was the beginning of the charismatic movement across the United States. And the Lord just met these people. And I, you know, as I'm studying revival, this is its own podcast, but dark times are required. They are required for revival to spring out of. And so I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together at the, that the, what's happening in our culture right now, because I'm going, it's, it is fertile ground for revival. It, it, it really excites me. So if you'll, if you'll stick your nose in a books like that, um, you'll get enthused. I mean, I would always recommend the final quest to people who haven't read that, get your head around that, but oh well, that's plenty. 
Awesome. Okay, real quickly, physically. Wait, wait a second. Under intellectually as well, I mean, I'm sure everybody's doing this, but to just to ask the question, what's happening in your business life and how can you be creating new things that will work in the present context? Uh, my wife and I are thinking hard. We have an event planning company. So if you can't How's have- that industry doing right now? <laughs> um, wow, what an interesting transition. It's in the middle of, not, not really a transition at all. It just went zero, stop, nothing. Uh, because you're not allowed to have any events. So um, we're mm. thinking hard about what, what do we have to offer? How can we put our brains and um, our diligence to work during this time? It might be, it might be making plans so that when the world get, gets back online, we'll be great, or it might be something that we can offer right now. Um, the ministry school that I work with, um, we're pivoting big time and we we had to talk and pray to go well do we shut it down while people can't have meetings and we just decided no we're not shutting it down we're we're going virtual which is now providing huge opportunities if we can capitalize on them because now we're not limited to to local meetings and we can go far and wide so mm-hmm. i want anyways, in on that <laughs> you're invited um, so that, that kind of thing, I, I would encourage anybody to be doing that about their business instead of just going, well, it's really going to hurt our business or no, we think we're going to be all right. Cause we're in durable packaged goods and just, just be thinking, just think, think bigger than, than what you've known going in. Um, very quickly, physically, I would just stay, say, dudes, some of us are going to come out of this going, I'm. 10 pounds lighter because um, I had a set of barbells uh, or I didn't have a set of barbells. I just downloaded fitness apps and there was nowhere to go. So I just went outside to my driveway and I worked out every day and I'm feeling good and I was responsible. And some of us are going to come out of this going on 15 pounds heavier. And you can guess which one I want for you. I just want you to, I just want you to make the most of the time, as I said at the beginning. And so I want you to take some physical responsibility. Again, this window of time is about the Lord putting it in your face and going, it's your life. I'm giving you 24 hours a day. What will you do with this time? And I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like go be your best self and live your best life or anything like that. I just think that the Lord wants to develop lieutenants out of us and if we can't manage ourselves and manage our schedules and rule a little bit when, when rulership has been handed to us, the scripture says whoever's trusted in a little thing could be trusted with more. And if you can't be trusted in a small thing, who will put you in charge of true riches? And so take advantage of this time. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, lastly, financially, I just have two, two major things. One is just simply to scale back. Um, so for us, we're cutting off subscriptions, um, dialing down spending, and we also are dialing down investing because we, we, we don't have any income. So we are erring on the side of cash right now. And for us, it's low dose spring. 
And that's how we're thinking everything. We just said that again today to the girls is that we're in Lodo Spring and we wanna be responsible with everything. That's my first thing is scale back. And secondly, I, I would encourage people not to pull dough out of the market right now as things have taken a hit. You can get a little nervous. You think everything's gonna go bad. Um, I don't know the future, but I have heard prophecies that I sound legit to me, which I'll say that this we, we will be coming out of this um, at Passover when the blood is applied. So I, that sounds good to me. I like the sound of that. I'm putting, I'm putting some hope in that. So anyways, that's my two cents is to scale back and don't pull dough out of the market right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with the move to not pull money out of the market. Somebody asked me this afternoon, they said, did you, you know, did you get out before this happened? And I, I think they were a little surprised when I was like, no, that would have been really unwise. They're like, but it went down so much in the past couple of weeks. And I'm thinking, well, yes, putting all of your money on, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers to win the championship a couple of years ago is also a great move in hindsight, but it's foolish in, yeah, in real time. In real time. So there's things that seem like they would have been brilliant that actually wouldn't have been very smart at the time, even though they would have worked out. I could talk for hours about this, but. I would just encourage the guys who are listening to this to sort of stick with a long-term plan with your money and don't react to the news right now because that's how people tend to completely derail their financial lives as they chase the news and they're always way behind whatever's actually going to happen next. (laughs) Okay, well, I just hope it's not overwhelming. Um, I, I hope that you're thinking about these things and this kind of feels like a tune up and us comparing notes. Um, if you're, if you're at zero, then, you know, you pick one. To, yeah. Pick one. Yeah. That's right. Don't go try to exercise, read two books, create a financial plan, uh, fix your sex life and, <laughs> uh, worship for two hours tomorrow. <laughs> Just fix your sex life. that's right all right well thank you mark for the time yep good luck to you guys i hope this is helpful and we love you and bless you out there as you guys are running your homes in the time of coronavirus thanks for listening guys for abraham's wallet i'm steve emmanuel and i'm mark barrett